The question has been for some time now, when does that ball drop? When are rates, uh, the rate increases going to result in some type of bubble bursts, some type of pushback, some type of give back when it comes to the price of homes, right? So that's been a big question that I hear consistently from clients from where we are right now in November of 2023, dating back to probably about a year from a uh, year ago from where we are right now. So we're going to take a dive into today. Uh, this will be a great episode for if you are listening in to certainly take a view, uh, edit, post it on YouTube as well, because I'm going to have some visuals to go along with. But if you're listening, that's perfectly fine. We're going to cover some numbers today. We're going to dive into numbers, get away from just uh, subjective opinions, thoughts, or predictions and what is the reality of what we're seeing in the market right now today as it pertains to some type of correction or, or bubble burst? So welcome to episode number eight of New Jersey Living, the podcast. Let's dive into it now. Welcome to New Jersey Living, the podcast, where we explore all things New Jersey real estate. I'm your host, Corey Jones, a real estate agent with Coldwell Banker and team leader of the New Jersey Living Group. We're a team of experienced agents who specialize in residential sales in several counties ranging from Bergen County in northern New Jersey to Ocean County down the shore. On this podcast, we will talk to real estate experts, local business owners, community leaders, and town officials to get the inside scoop various towns in New Jersey. We'll discuss everything from the latest market trends to featured local attractions with dining, recreation, and entertainment. Whether you're a current resident, a prospective buyer, or just curious about New Jersey real estate, we have something for you. So sit back, relax, and join us for a conversation about all things New Jersey living. All right, so here we go. We're going to take a look at some numbers, and the numbers really tell the real story. Uh, nationwide, there have been conversations on some type of correction in the market. We've seen in some places, and these places are like, say, uh, Utah, right, or um, Iowa, or somewhere Midwest, or maybe in, even in some southern markets uh, where you don't have the highest concentrations of both population and elevated incomes. And we right here in New Jersey, just outside of New York, we have plenty of both. So what's going on in the market? What do we see some type of give back? The market certainly has slowed down. We're looking at rates anywhere from about seven and a half to about eight percent over the past month. Uh, we're now just past Thanksgiving. What does that mean? How does that translate into what you're going to walk into or what you're seeing right now in the market as it pertains to prices? The broad picture and a broad stroke, and we're going to take a look at some specifics in just a moment. Broad stroke is. Yes, the market is slowing down. Yes, it has shifted a little further towards buyers in terms of who has leverage, more so because of there are fewer buyers. There's limited inventory, but there are definitely fewer buyers. Buyers are getting washed out with the interest rates. How does that translate to prices? That's the real question. Are the prices dropping? So we're going to start. Um, I'm going to pull from... A few different markets. Each market, I tried to pull basically a market out of each county just outside of New York City. So we've got Hudson, Bergen, Union, Essex. I even pulled Morris. Uh, Passaic also because Wayne, if you've been watching some of my YouTube episodes, you've seen I had a recent episode on Wayne. So I included Passaic 
as well and even Middlesex. So I'm going to kind of run through these because we're not going to make this into a long, drawn-out uh, episode, but we want to make sure we're covering something that you can relate what market and what area is performing how, all right? So we're going to start right in Union County. I'm going to start with Union County with Union Township specifically. And these are things I'm looking at when we're talking about prices. How many homes are still selling at or above the list price? That's a big question. What this doesn't necessarily reflect is how many homeowners are still aggressively pricing their properties. So are they pricing at a level where they say, hey, look, um, I think I'm going to have a lot of offers on this. I want to make sure I'm at least pricing in that range where I'm going to get that eventual price that I want. Understanding that the same amount of competition is not there, right? So it all, all it takes is one buyer to be very enthusiastic. But uh, we're going to dive into a little bit where we're seeing some of these still elevated offers because there's still some of them out there, but not nearly as many as what we saw, say, six months ago. Definitely when we talk about eight months ago. All right. So Union, here we take a quick look at Union. You have in front of you a static uh, image. I'm scrolling through a little bit because Union has in just the past month, we're just looking at the month of November, Union has 33 sales on the Garden State MLS. Um, there always could be some outliers that someone had on a different MLS, didn't have it on Garden State, but in general, it's giving you a pretty accurate picture. Um, so, and this is single family. It is also townhome, condo, uh, multifamily on Garden State. It's a separate screenshot, separate search. I don't want to get into that because we're just trying to get the gist of what we're looking at. Out of 33, and you take a look in this 33, what I like about Garden State is that it gives you in columns how many or which properties percentage-wise sold at or above list. So if we see something at 100%, uh, and that is right here at towards the beginning of the list, um, line number 11, this particular property uh, it has 100% in terms of sale price, list price ratio because it basically sold at list. Something... Um, Conversely, that is 108%. It sold 8% above. And if it was 98%, it sold 2% below. In this just quick glance of union, you can see that the vast majority of properties are, in fact, selling at or above. Out of the 33, 27 out of 33, and I did the calculation, that's just over 80%, 81 to be more precise, 80%. Still going above, at or above, the list price. And I looked at 100 specifically. I just said to myself, how many were right at 100? And that was only one. So of the other 26, it was one of them that was right at list, other 26 all above list. So that's one thing to consider. Another thing is the market itself. So Union, is it the highest demand market in Union County? No. I picked Union specifically because it tends to be that right in the middle is a middle ground, very comfortable buy-in level, uh, gets a lot of traction for that reason, a lot of quality neighborhoods, but it's not that high demand location per se. But this is a lot of activity, even though the market is slowing down. And we're in that slow season, right? So we're past Thanksgiving now. So not only are we contending with a slowdown because of interest rates, the general season sees less activity. All right, so that's a glimpse at Union. We're going to jump over to... I'm going to jump over to Hudson County. So we're going to look at Bayonne. And Bayonne is on a different MLS. That's a whole different episode when we talk about how many MLSs are in New Jersey. Geographically, such a small state, but with over a half dozen MLSs. All right. So 
different MLS, and there are three categories that we're looking at at Bayonne. Bayonne, again, is it the highest demand location in Hudson County? No. Uh, You're talking more so Jersey City, uh, Hoboken. These are some of those more central um, core attraction places, if you will, in terms of demand. But there's always a steady demand and a steady volume in uh, Bayonne. So we look we look at one, we'll start with uh, one single family, right? So one family, we see that there are five of them. So the third one, third one did go below, all right? So there was one property that listed at 510, sold at 450, but everything else sold at above asking. You get to see days on market as well. That's something that's important to attend to because we have anywhere from three days to 47 days on market. Uh, pay attention to that as we go through some of these other stats. Jumping over to two family, two families. There were seven in total, and of those seven, uh, we did not have any of them go under or even at list price, which for multifamily, that tends to be a trend. It's uh, something that's very valuable for investment purposes or for someone, first-time buyer looking to offset mortgage. Uh, The one three-family, this was a three- to four-family category, only one three-family sold. We can see that sold at ask. Uh, at list price, seven days on market. And condos. Condos, that can fluctuate a little bit more, but we have five sales of condos uh, in Bayonne. And get this, days on market, anywhere from three to 16. So condos tend to be, tends to be um, a little less predictable than your single family and multifamily in terms of how fast they go. It really depends on condition of the, of the unit, square footage of the unit, location of the unit in proximity to train stations, things like that. But all five of these went in 16 days or less, which often is a reflection of uh, the list price versus sale price. All of these, with the exception of one, the first one was listed at 169 and sold at 161. The rest of them were either at or above. All right, uh, list price. So again, similar story as what you see in Union. It's not as though we're seeing all of these properties that are now all of a sudden going for less than list price. So we've seen a little bit, a little taste of Union County, a little taste of um, Hudson. Let's jump over to Middlesex County and Edison. Now, Edison certainly is a feature location. So unlike the other two, unlike a Bayonne and a Union, an Edison is more of a high demand market, primarily because of transit. You have Route 1 and 9, you have Garden State, you have Turnpike, easy access to all three. Uh, you have also train stations. Even though um, Metro Park is not in Edison, it's really in uh, Island, it's still nearby to Edison, and Edison has its own train station, and it's also the Metuchen station, which obviously is not in Edison, but you get the point. It's easy access, right? So 46 properties Really a robust list. This is including townhomes. This is including uh, condos as well. Um, This one, uh, this MLS, you can notice it does not give the uh, percentages, but you can just simply scroll through. It's going to be a bit challenging to find, as I'm just scrolling through right now, it's a bit challenging to find those properties that went below ask. There are some here, but relative few. I'd say no more than than maybe 15 to 20%. Uh, are going under. All right. So just give it, giving you another little glimpse there. From here, I'm going to jump, take another jump, and I am going to hop over to Bergen County. 
In Bergen County, now we're taking a look at Paramus. So similar to Edison, for Bergen County, Paramus is going to be a high-demand market. Again, location. Route 4 runs right through it, right? You've got the mall there. You have all your shopping right there. Paramus, you doesn't get more convenient in terms of shopping than Paramus uh, in Bergen County. Uh, you also have excellent schools. So schools are a big draw for Paramus as well. Paramus does not have its own train station, but River Edge, you have neighboring communities where there are trains very much nearby. And obviously, uh, being along uh, Route 4, you have the ease of catching a bus right into the city. So transit is really not that big of a deal. Uh, but high demand market. Now, this is a very interesting because this is the first uh, of what we saw for the month of November. This is the first one where we see a little bit of a change in how the percentages are. So you see that there's a little color code here uh, when it comes to the prices. Some are in green, some are in red, and then I think there's just one that is the, the color you'll see is, is black. So the bottom line is when it comes to the green, uh, green indicates that it was basically in favor of the buyer. Green indicates that that was a property that sold below the list price. Red and thinking of, you know, a stop or some kind of negative connotation that was to the disadvantage of the buyer. All right. So I was more in advantage of the seller, meaning that it sold above list. There's a pretty even mix right here. Actually, I see a little bit more green than I do red. There are. There are. All right. So with all that being said, keep in mind that most of the greens, the majority were at the million dollar plus price point. So that brings into the conversation, where are we finding some of these best deals? And we're finding the best deals where there are the fewest buyers. Because how many buyers are out there are a million dollar to the highest price point was 2.425, right? So two and a half million. How many buyers are there out there in the one million to two and a half million dollar range in comparison to buyers that are in, say, the 400 to 700 range, right? So you do the math. It's very easy to get a, you know, it's a pretty good idea that you're going to find far more buyers at that lower price point. So when there are fewer buyers, there's more leverage in favor of the buyer. So if, you're, if I'm shopping for 1.5, I find this deal, this property, and I'm going to point out one specifically that was at 1.515 was the uh, sale price. I see that it was listed basically at 1.6. All right. So it was listed at 1.6. And went at 1.515, so 75,000 below ask. And what I can guarantee is that there were not as many offers on that property as someone who is listed at 700, right? So you just kind of do the math there and figure it out. So there, there is a need to take a closer look and uh, account for some nuances here. So if we look under a million, under a million. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight properties that were under a million, and only seven of those went below the asking price. All right. That flipped on anything a million and up for, for Paramus. All right. So for Paramus, we see a little bit of a difference in pattern, but we also have to account for the price points that were there in Paramus. All right, so we're going to skip uh, back over to Garden State because I'm going to take a look into Essex County. Essex County, we are looking at West Orange. 
and West Orange. Again, is it the highest demand location in Essex County? The you know, answer is no, they're, they're not. We Essex County, so for those who are not as familiar with New Jersey, but you've heard of some towns in New Jersey uh, or some cities in New Jersey, you're going to be familiar with Newark. You're going to be familiar with Montclair. All right. So most likely you've heard of those two locations. Uh, those are in Essex County. Newark, obviously, is the largest city. Um, and it's, uh, you know, iconic of a location because you have the Prudential Center and then the hub for New Jersey Transit's right there for Newark Penn Station. Montclair is like that premium go-to mecca of suburbs and probably the entire state of New Jersey. So Montclair is well-known. I chose West Orange because West Orange is a very solid demand community because the schools are uh, quality schools, and it's still in a comfortable commuting, commuting distance to uh, New York City. No local train station, but they do have a jitney service that takes residents to uh, neighboring town train stations. So we take a look at West Orange. West Orange, just for the month of November, 36 sales. And again, this is Garden State, so there's no um, there's no multifamilies on this one. This is strictly like condo, townhouse, single family. 36 of them, and of the 36, and I can just count them really quickly because it's not hard to find, one, two, three. Three of 36 went below ask. Three of 36. The remaining went above. Here is convenient. Again, we're looking at Garden State. You can see the percentages, and you can see days on market. Uh, days on market, um, if I take a quick glance here, I would say your averages are probably in the high 20s, maybe. And your percentages above ask, they range. I see, uh, you know, obviously 100 is right there at ask, and then it goes all the way up to 120 uh, above. We're at one point at the height of the frenzy that we saw nationwide and certainly concentrated here uh, in the suburbs outside of New York. We saw routinely somewhere 15, 20, 30 percent above. That would have been routine. It would have been expected uh, of that type of offer for anything. Now is not so much. You'll see regularly something anywhere from 3 percent to 9 percent above. But is it abnormal to see into the teens and, and, or, or 20? No, it's not. It really depends on the property, the condition, the location, neighborhood, and what have you. But you can see right here just by taking a look at West Orange, um, most of them are in the single digits above uh, ask. But as you already heard, the 33 out of 36, the majority of them are above. Okay, so that is consistent with everything that we've seen so far with the exception of Paramus. But keep in mind the dynamics we were talking about uh, when it came to Paramus. Hop over to Passaic and Passaic. Passaic is going to give us um, an opportunity to dive into Wayne. All right. So the Wayne market, Wayne, certainly the most high demand location in Passaic County. Schools, location, commute, right? Big three. So again, if you are someone who watches my YouTube content, you know what the big three is. Uh, and you know what they are, I should say, and you know how they factor into demand. Wayne, certainly high demand, 40 sales, 40, right? So when we're looking at Wayne, again, it's easy to count those that went under. We have one, two, three, four, five, five out of 40 that went below ask. The rest are above. All right. You can see days on market. 
um, you can pretty much see the range as well as the sale prices. Like what, what type of prices do we look at in Wayne? With Wayne being that there are a pretty significant number of condo options and townhouse options, uh, you can reasonably find something in the three, four hundred range. Once you get into the five, six, and sevens, more often than not, those are going to be single family. But uh, nonetheless, throughout that whole range, we see that pretty much everything is at or above. All right. So from Wayne, we're going to take one more leap. And that final stop is going to be Somerset County. And we are going to consider Basking Ridge here. All right. So Basking Ridge, it's uh, this is one of those important conversations on the name of town. So Basking Ridge is 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 a un, unofficial. It's like an unincorporated town name. The true township is Bernard's. All right. But Basking Ridge is more commonly known as Basking Ridge. Basking Ridge, certainly high demand, high demand primarily because of schools and because of location being located nearby 287 and 78. It is outside of that one hour commute, just slightly, but outside of that one hour commute of a drive to the city, but still a very high demand location. Uh, not I still wouldn't say the highest in Somerset, but it is relatively high. Um, so with with Bernard's. Basking Ridge, we can see also the same pattern. We see until we get to the price point of $1 million, $1 million, it starts to change a little bit in terms of what's going over ask. But if we are below $1 million and the property number that was just under $1 million was number 12, which actually was listed at $1.075 but sold at $999, so just under $1 million. So everything... Up to those 12 properties went at ask or above, right? So everything went with the exception of that one that was already listed above a million. Once we get above a million, it's a mixed bag. It's 50-50. Either it went above or it went slightly below. And by slightly, I mean 4% below uh, the asking price. And again, fewer buyers in that price range gives buyers in the million-dollar range better leverage better opportunity to negotiate. So this is a lot of numbers coming at you. I know um, if you're a listener, uh, you're, you're hopefully just trying to contextualize um, the broader point and not get too fixated on the numbers, but definitely take a look at the video so you can see some of the images that we have up here to give you uh, a visual of this data. The broad stroke is that, no, we are not experiencing a correction in the market, right? We are still at a place where property demand and competition is very solid. It is not as high. It is not as frenzied as it once was. Uh, it is far more in favor of a buyer being able to come in and negotiate on a property, particularly if that property still needs a little love, needs a little TLC, right? So there's opportunities to negotiate on those. Uh, but with that being said, you've seen the numbers for yourself. Now, at some point, it, it gets to a place where property values, if they continue to outpace the amount of money or the increases that people make in salary, something's got to give at some point in time. So do I have a crystal ball here to say this is what's going to happen next year? A lot of predictions. Been we've been talking recession how long now? All right. So we know that there's been inflation. If you go to the grocery store, you know it. If you're buying whatever, right, wherever, uh, pretty much you know it. There's definitely inflation. The interest rates have definitely slowed the real estate market down, and it has made a 
more comfortable situation, particularly for buyers to go in and feel I have a chance now, right? So that's a certainly a positive and, and a change that we've seen. Are we seeing something where these prices are really going to drop? I say right now, based on just data, no. We have been seeing, with that being said, we have been seeing more price drops than we have in the past. So maybe an owner or a seller is fixated on getting a certain number because they've seen what's going on in the neighborhood and they want to sell at the same kind of percentage or they feel they can at least get this out of their property. And that's understandable. A lot of people have those feelings. The reality is we're not having as aggressive offers as we had in the past. So we've been seeing some prices that are a little too aggressive. All right. A little too high in terms of uh, expectation. And there have been some price drops. Uh, we do see, in general, more properties that are going under ask because even what we've seen right here, it was even fewer at one point uh, when we had the worst of the frenzy, all right, or the most intense of the frenzy. But we, in general, are not seeing some type of bubble burst. This is not 2008 where we have finance dynamics. That Frank Dodd Act has eliminated that. So the days of everyone under the sun getting a qualification and going out and buying property any kind of way, those days are over. So we're not experiencing a bubble the way we did back in 2008 when it burst. That was more on finance. That dynamic is, doesn't exist anymore. Now it's more of a matter of supply and demand. There is very low supply and there's still pretty decent demand, not as high because rates have shaken some people out, but the supply is very short and someone who has to sell Basically, it's a need. It's not, hey, like, I, I'm thinking I'm going to sell this and maybe buy something else. Someone really needs to for whatever reason. So I don't see a, a significant shakeup in price drop or correction, but what we're seeing on a positive side is more of a flat line in how high prices are going and how high above ask these prices are, these offers are coming in. So that I'm hoping that served uh, the purpose just to give some insights on what we're seeing right here in this market. Um, if you enjoy this content, please do hit like, subscribe, notification bell, whether you're listening on some platform for the audio or if you are um, watching on YouTube. So we have more value add content coming your way. It's not all strictly on the real estate market itself. We have some entrepreneurs coming up. We have some restaurant restaurateurs coming up. Uh, we've got more community connections that are coming up on uh, the episode. And of course, if you watch me on YouTube, there is more uh, content coming out where I'll be in neighborhoods uh, talking about recent market activity. So thanks again for joining. Stay safe and stay tuned to New Jersey Living, the podcast.